Good day, everyone. I am Dr. James Ahrens, the ADHD author and veterinarian. After four hard years, I was tired of vet school and ready to jump into the workforce. I decided to skip an internship, which meant another year at school. Deb, my girlfriend, was incredulous that I was ready to stop my scholastic learning. She would be graduating next year and was already contemplating where she would apply for her internship. How did I expect to become a top-notch vet without doing internship? I can practice legally because I have a license, I reminded her. But you haven't developed the skill set to do a good job, she insisted. That's why it's important for me to work with a veterinarian who understands the limitations a new graduate may have. I'll work closely with Dr. Brandt, and he'll be there for me when I run into problems, I reassured my doubting girlfriend. And so, I became an associate at Paso Robles Veterinary Clinic, with the intention of learning my skills from a seasoned veterinarian, hoping to work my way into a lifelong partnership at his clinic. I saw my new employer as a grandpa figure, a loving, giving mentor, who thrived on sharing his knowledge of animals with me. There's one from the jugs. Oh, Judds. I always get that mixed up. I'm sure you do. That's a great pair of Judds. <laughs> we can dress them up, but that's about it. You call that dressed up? You <laughs> started. I do. Already, isn't it amazing? Tell me about the good old days Sometimes it feels like This world's gone crazy And Grandpa Take me back to yesterday Where the line between right and wrong Didn't seem so hazy Lovers really fall in love to stay And stand beside each other come what may Was the promise really something someone kept Not just something he would say Did families really bow their heads to pray Did daddies really never go away Oh, oh, oh Grandpa, tell me about the good old days And Grandpa Things are really changing fast And they call it progress But I just don't know And Grandpa Let's wander back into the past 
and paint me the pictures of long ago. Did lovers really fall in love to stay and stand beside each other, come what may? Was a promise really something someone kept, not just something he would say and then forget? Families really bow their heads to pray Did daddies really never go away? Oh, Grandpa, tell me about the good old days Daddy's really never go away Whoa, Grandpa Tell me about the good old days Whoa, Grandpa Tell me about the good old Thank you. Thank you, Mary, Joe, and Rick, for performing a beautiful rendition of the Judd's famous tune. I began working with Dr. Brandt on July 1, 1982. Quickly, though, my expectations of being spoon-fed a steady diet of helpful and focused experiences degenerated into a situation where I realized this internship was really a one-way affair meant to alleviate Dr. Brandt's workload. He was only interested in focusing on his own projects. I was given scant guidance from the get-go, and the situation deteriorated to the this-is-bullshit phase the day Dr. Brandt suggested I was a con man who had fooled him into believing I knew more than I did. Chapter 22. The Charlatan. Dr. Brandt called me into his office one morning about six months into my job. When I had accepted the position at his hospital, I was thinking of filling my post on a long-term basis. I could see myself in the same practice over the years, building upon his mentoring relationship. I would eventually buy out Dr. Brandt when he wanted to retire. However, those dreams fell apart the morning he called me into his office. He told me I was a charlatan, that I entered cases exuding an unusual amount of confidence, belying my real understanding of the medicine. His words caused me to cringe inside, and I saw him not as a warm, helpful mentor, but an unsympathetic boss who couldn't see the positive things I could bring him. Because of his careless and poorly planned correction, he bruised my ego and our relationship that morning irreparably. I was surprised at this assertion, but did not feel I could change his mind by discussing it with him later. As I reflected on his words, I became irritated. This year was my first year out of vet school. I entered into this mixed animal practice with the expectation I was going to be mentored by the fellow who hired me. Instead of mentoring, I was left to do things as best I could. Dr. Brandt had a lot on his plate. He was president of the California Veterinary Medical Association. He was a building contractor, building and managing three apartment complexes, and was working to bring a new bank in town 
by founding it from scratch using collateral from friends he'd gathered the previous 30 years. I don't remember asking for advice more than three or four times. I was self-teaching myself as I went. We never had morning rounds to discuss cases, and we never had meetings where we talked about how best to proceed in certain situations. I built up my treatments notebook for in-hospital and ambulatory conditions where I could turn quickly to a page and follow protocol I had previously entered. Dr. Brandt told me it wasn't how much you remembered, but instead how you could find the information needed to handle a case. I was following his advice building my treatment notebooks. It was one of the few directives he did give me. I suppose my lifelong habit of not seeking help from others until I exhausted all my avenues contributed to our lack of dialogue, but it surely was not meant to cast me into the role of a charlatan. I remained insecure about my veterinary knowledge, employing lessons learned long ago to hide the insecurity. Growing up in a household full of competitive children, causing belittling episodes when any sign of weakness appeared, it was best to put on a facade of security even though the person inside the facade was swirling with uncertainty. That thinking extended to people other than my immediate family during interactions in school and Boy Scouts. I remember one painful incident. One winter afternoon, my parents drove the family up to Fox Lake to visit my dad's friends. Fox Lake is a series of waterways about 45 minutes northwest of Arlington Heights. After lunch, Brother Rob and I went on a hike with three of the girls from our host's family. We marched out onto the ice. I was the oldest. I was in eighth grade. We began our journey in the late afternoon when the overcast winter sky still had some light filtering through the cloud layer. We were going to hike over the ice to an island we could see straight ahead of us in the distance. It was farther away than we anticipated, and by the time darkness was replacing the gray gloom of daylight, we still had not made it to the island. We decided to turn around and head back, but evidently veered off course. Twilight transformed into very dark night. The girls started asking me how much longer. I said not much. When their wondering turned to whining, I admitted to them we could be lost, and they all broke down crying. We kept walking because there was nothing more to do, and finally did see two pairs of automobile headlights shining out over the ice. Realizing we were missing, the grown-ups drove a car to the lake's edge, with the lights on, flashing across the ice. The event ended routinely. Everyone was all right, but it did leave me with one realization. If you are in charge, you must not show any indecision no matter how unsure you are. If I was a charlatan, I learned it at an early age. End of chapter. Thank you, Brian, for narrating Chapter 22 in Fear of Failure, my autobiography. I'm adding Joe Gelia's story, The Outhouse Blows, to today's podcast to remind everyone the majority of grandpas in this world are far from the selfish, short-sighted, narcissistic man I chose as my mentor. Silas Hissett was the first man in Sugar, Nil, Sugar, Nil, Sugar Hill, New Hampshire to get indoor plumbing. Where? Sugar Hill. Where and he liked, it, he liked it pretty good, but he didn't quite know what to do with that old outhouse out back. He thought he might tear it down and use it for kindling. And he said, yeah, I could, but then there's that horrible pile underneath it. And like, I don't know what to do with that. Well, some folks suggested he'd burn it down, and he said, hang on, I could. But then it'd leave a stain on the lawn for four or five years, and why I don't want that. <laughs> well, about that time, Silas's wife's half-cousin's sister's nephew 
Leonard. Come back from Korea where he'd been a demolitions expert. And, and he louded he'd blow that outhouse up. Well, come Sunday, Leonard's out the fam, you know, and he set his charges round the outhouse and he run the primer card on out across the backyard and on up over the stone wall. Why, the whole town turned out for the blow-in. <laughs> they was all hid there behind the wall, you know, so as they wouldn't get any on them. And, and, <laughs> and Leonard put a match to the fuse and it crept on up over the stone wall and headed on out across the backyard towards the outhouse. Well, about that time, Grandpa come out the house. He, he was getting out of his spenders and whatnot. Why, Grandpa shat in that outhouse for 38 years. And, and he went about to switch. So, you know, we, they all started yelling at him, Stop! Grandpa, go back! But it was no good. Grandpa was hard of hearing. Deef he was. And he no sooner got in the outhouse and shut the door behind when them charges went off. Oh, God. You could just barely make him out there twisting, <laughs> twisting and tumbling amongst the debris. Well, the wind caught him and it blew him on down the south party and it being newly plowed, he landed pretty soft. And, and by the time we got down to him, Grandpa was just getting up and dusting off, you know, zipping his fly and whatnot. And we said, Grandpa, are you all right? Hang on, he said. But it's a good thing I didn't let fly in the house. Thank you all for listening. You can follow the story on my blog, jeadvm.com. Once on my blog's front page, go to the menu, pick My Books, and click on Fear of Failure. The entire autobiography can be purchased as an old-fashioned paper book, or an e-book, as well as an 11-disc audiobook set, or can be downloaded from the audiobook site ACX. More details are on my website, jeadvm.com dvm.com